Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. This is a modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur and modern professional dealing with marketing questions and the industry and just the big, the big, what do we do next? I think that's what I hear the most often. So with me today is a really good friend of mine. I've known him forever and uh, he's, you know, one of those big wig friends that you have and uh, somebody you could always rely on for great insights about the industry. So welcome, Tony DeMond. Thank you, Priscilla. Thanks for having me today. I feel like I should just like pull the red curtain back and be like, look who I brought. Oh, that is, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> well, we go back so far and um, we've been in a lot of, and I'll use air quotes on the podcast, board meetings. <laughs> so I think we all know what we're talking about. Um, but you and I have a tremendous love and an absolute devotion to, uh, Enlace, to that organization. And that's EnlaceOnline.org, E-N-L-A-C-E online.org if anyone wants to take a look at this. But Tony and I have worked many years and with amazing, amazing people um, to work with uh, the poorest um, communities in El Salvador. And it has been a very cool journey, right, Tony? It really has. It's, uh, you know, I, I often pinch myself to to, um, to think about what we're involved with and and uh, and the, the opportunity we have to, to partner with the the real heroes that I as I like to call them in in El Salvador and on the ground. Oh, isn't that uh, the truth? Those pastors would just blow you away. <laughs> oh, it's incredible! It makes you every time you go down there, it makes you feel like, wow, what am I really doing? What am I doing with my life? I think <laughs> you and I have had many of those weeping sessions on the on the van rides back and forth oh, yeah. to communities. So yeah, you know, it's nothing a, it's brings you together like weeping. <laughs> That's right. That is so, so true. That so. and uh, throwing gala events and, you know, and figuring out gift baskets for volunteers. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, uh, you know, what what you do to uh, to try to, for things that you love. Is, right. It's, uh, it's kind of like a relationship, you know, mm-hmm. you know. So what yeah. you do for your spouse is what something you may do for in Lasse because that's how much love we have for it. That's for sure. And <laughs> so. then you and I are the only two that were, uh, you know, in the marketing industry. And so those kind of marketing and social questions would end up coming to us. And what do we do about these experiences that we want people to have? So that's what I want to talk about um, with you today. My audience absolutely is hungry for trade show information. And I know that's such a word I don't like to throw out. And so we'll use it once and kind of put it aside. But um Tony is incredibly, uh, incredibly talented, leads a very large team. We're going to let him talk about a little bit more. But you have a new title at McGuire, which is a 3M company. So tell my listeners who don't know you a little bit about the company you work for. And then let's talk about that new title so we can set up to understand really what's going on in this industry right now. Sure. Well, so I, I work for, for 3M, um, which 3M is a big company, and, and we often think of 3M is oh the post-it note company? Well, mm-hmm. that that is true. It is the post-it note company, um, but we we are in, involved in a, a much much bigger uh, uh, industry than just post-it notes. And um, I am in the industrial business, uh, working specifically on the auto care side of the business. Um, so auto care aftermarket division. Um, so I like to say we get to work in the fun the fun part of the company because um, we work in a real in a in a real industry that's really passion driven. So this is these are not Commodities are not things that you have to have. Um, you know, we manufacture car care products, car appearance products. Um, we we don't need car wax to live, but <laughs> the people who buy car wax 
are excited about it. They're passionate about the industry. They're passionate about the hobby. So we have um, a, a lot of fun in what we do in the side of the business that we work in. So um, I worked on the McGuire's brand, which was actually an acquisition. Um, this October would be 10 years ago from the 3M side. Um, so that's kind of how I weave my way into the the uh, the 3M family, if you will. And uh, it's been a great, great um uh, relationship. So now I am managing. I'm the my official title is experiential and sponsorship manager, or experiential marketing and sponsorship manager. So I manage all of the experience, um, physical experience um, that any consumer will have with our brand at a trade show, car show, industry event. Um, so really, the the touch points um, for the consumer, as well as our sponsorship side of the business, which is more around ambassadors and influencers within the market, and that's both digital and physical influencers. Wow! Um, so these are people that are waxing and buffing their their beloved car with a diaper. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, actually, it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, if you're not in the automotive industry. Um, you may not realize, but the, the amount of influencers that are in the marketplace are extreme, and there's some real um, celebrities. I mean, we have some real celebrities who have, you know, of course, TV and reality TV has made a lot of people celebrities these days. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so sad. The, go on. <laughs> yes. So the, the automotive industry is, is not any different than, um, than a lot of industries. So we have um, – the, there's a, a, a channel called Velocity TV owned by Discovery Network that's um, really based around car. Uh, and the passion of cars. So there's a lot of celebrities on that side of the business uh, that we have relationships with, and um, and so I manage all those types of relationships as well as the uh, the social side, some more of the both macro and micro influencers. So uh, you know on the Instagram and social channels as well. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a job. People, yeah, they are. It is before uh, before the Jeremy Clarkson debacle. I was a huge <laughs> a huge Top Gear fan, which is oh you know, yes, it, just one of those things that you can see that you know the car aficionados. It's it is one of those things that is really ideal to talk about in marketing because this is something that we didn't have in agency you know lore past. There weren't influencers driving marketing like there is today no it's incredible and the in the where we find ourselves as well because we have kind of two distinct markets uh when it comes to demographics so you're talking about more of the baby boomer who's really our core audience right now they're the guys who who spend the most amount of money with us um so we have very specific influencers who have that influence on them typically not socially um because they're just not as social so we've got you know tv celebrities and such but then you look at the millennials and more of the the younger generation, and now you've got this entire new genre of YouTubers and social influencers. That honestly, I feel old sometimes when you know you try to catch up with what they're doing. <laughs> uh, I mean, these YouTubers are in their you know their late teens, early twenties, right? Um, and they have, I mean, an incredible following. And um, there, there's a guy that that uh, we I just found out about 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 three months ago I was at an event in Los Angeles and I walk up to this line because I was trying to figure out what was happening and I mean it was, it was probably a, you know 500 people long for the entire four hours of the event and I wow. figured how I had to figure out what was going on so they are all going to meet this guy literally just to, to sign have him sign an autograph he was a youtuber I had never heard of it's incredible. So it's, my line's uh, it's not a, that long. When I go to podcast events, you could just come right on up and get my right. get my autograph. I'll give it to you anytime. Joey. Good to know. Good to know. 
<laughs> so, but yeah, it's incredible. So. so tell me about this title. So it's a big title, Experiential Marketing and Sponsorship Manager. I love it. You know, here we, I know, uh, yes. I'm, I'm just the mama bird. My head of web, he's a digital magician. I don't need to know anything else that you do. He just gets it done. It's totally magic. <laughs> what, you know, what, so this is an interesting title, but I get it in the industry. But what does it mean to you? Like, what's your day to day? Sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, titles, we, we've talked about this before, Priscilla, but titles are, you know, especially in a big corporate world, you kind of have to fit the title into a nice little pocket package mm-hmm. for for HR and for the leadership to understand it. But um, yeah, it, it's, it can be, you know, I, I had proposed event marketing, I had proposed experiential experience leader, all these kind of different titles. But, but really for me, the, the, the title doesn't mean much to me. It's, it's more about, of course, your day to day and what you're doing. So um, the, the beauty and, and, you know, one of the reasons I love my job is because my day to day is never the same from day to day. Um which is the great part about what I do. I, I can't imagine in, in sitting in an office eight to five every day um, doing the same thing. I think I would go nuts. Um, so that is really, you know, it's, I, I'm, I, I like to say that I'm built for events because events and, and the whole process of building an event and, and, and actually activating an event is, um, it's a little nerve wracking. It's a little stressful, but it, it is ever changing and it's, and the industry is changing so much as well. So it really keeps you, you know, on your toes and, and makes you be sharp. So my day to day never really looks the same. Um, but it's great. You know, I mean, uh, it, one day is a plane, uh, you know, actually tomorrow morning I leave for Pennsylvania. Um, I'm there for one night and come back mm-hmm. to the office. And <laughs> so it, it is kind of, uh, you know, ever changing. And um, my team, uh, I've got a great team, which is, is you know, the key, you know, I, I've always said, um, the key to success is your team, though. I mean, you, there's no way that I can do what we do. We, we activate it uh, 75 events a year, physically activate at them. We sponsor another um, three to 4,000 car shows a year through my department. Wow. Um, yeah, so we do a lot of activations. We have a lot of touch points. But there is no way that I could do it without the team that I have. And, and one of the things I always remind my team team but i also remind people that you know when i speak on the subject of event marketing or anytime that you're you're talking about an experience where you have the end consumer and you're actually the touch point or the face of the brand is what a honor and and responsibility it is that we have as event marketers or brand ambassadors that that we are the face of that that brand mm-hmm. and the experience that one consumer has um with you at that single event in that single moment can really change their 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 pattern of how they interact with your brand for a lifetime. Wow! And so it's a really it's a it's a big responsibility, and it's it's something that we might reminds our teams all the time of because it's it's significant and what you can do um, in a positive or negative way for the brand. Right. So. Right. Well, go back a little bit in the way back machine. I'm going to do the doo do 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 like go back <laughs> even ten years or something that you think is kind of funny or you know where that makes you just go hmm that is so like that's you know that's this is so 1990s like what were you doing ten or twenty years ago in event marketing that is just not even close to what you're doing today. Like what's that? Oh difference? yeah. And you can well, go I'll, back I'll, even just five years if you want, whatever, whatever kind of, uh, yeah, you know, makes well, sense you know, to you. The, ex- the, the event world and the experiential world has, has changed as quickly. I almost feel like as quickly as technology has changed. I was mm-hmm. just in Chicago last month, uh, at the experiential marketing summit. It was 
2,500 experience, uh, experiential marketing uh, professionals and, um, you know, big brands, Coca-Cola, Twitter, you know, all these big mm-hmm. brands doing the keynotes. And um, it was really interesting to watch kind of the trends that are happening, but it, it, it really follows the technology trends. So everything is moving to VR, to these virtual reality experiences, to these incredibly engaging experiences. And I think back to, like you said, 10 years ago of what we were doing. I mean, so what, you know, for the, at least the McGuire side of the business, really our, our, um, our goal has always been, and it hasn't changed really over the last 10 years, is to build brand confidence through education. So that's what our, our activations always are kind of based around. Okay. Um, so the way we've done that hasn't changed a whole lot in, as far as you know, hands-on experiences with the product. But when I think about the displays themselves, I mean, I look at, I seriously look at pictures five years ago mm-hmm. and look how <laughs> that, that picture looks like it's from 1970. Right. You know, I mean, you know, tablecloths and legs, leg extensions. I mean, just like even just the appearance of it, much less the technology. I mean, you know, and then the our, all of our activations we actually sell on site. And so even just... <laughs> Just the the experience of the sale is right. so different from what it is today. Now it's, of course, you know, um, Apple Pay and all right. this technology based around it, and and so it's it's pretty incredible. But really, it is an exciting industry to be in now, um, as technology is advancing and all those technologies are starting to really show up in experiential marketing and the activations that you do, um, and the consumer is much more savvy. So mm-hmm. when they walk into an experience, they expect to see virtual reality. They expect to have a really unique experience. Um, so it's much, much quicker or it's moving much quicker than right. I think we can even keep up with sometimes. Yeah, so. I got a really cool packet, a marketing packet from like a sample from another company shared with me. And inside the brand's, you know, container, first of all, the container was shaped the shape of this company's, you know, building. Secondly, opened it up and it was VR goggles in it. And then it had a booklet and then it, you know, had a website that it pushed you to where you could go watch, you know, the, you know, the the videos they had produced for this brand. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this the levels just keep getting, you know, oh, yeah. higher and higher. And technology, I also received one the other day that was, uh, you know, inviting people to a, you know, like a paid you know, if you sell this much of our, you know, insurance, um, you know, you get to come on this cruise, you know, type of thing. And the invitation instead of, I mean, remember when we used to send paper invitations? Remember that? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Anyhow, yeah. <laughs> um, that's like the, that's got to be the same to you as like the balloon arch at your, you know, oh, yeah. trade show. Yeah. Do, do you it's remember cr- doing it's those? It's crazy. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I mean, literally, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> okay. Well, it's the equivalent. Well, I opened up this thing and inside, basically, it was, uh, you know, obviously not uh, an off-brand, but it was basically a Kindle Fire inside, and it so it just would start playing the video about come on this trip and blah blah blah. This was the invitation that was sent in the mail to these people, <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, marketing, and and because of the price of technology coming down like that, it is making these things more possible. But I like what you said there that the the problem is also that consumers walk up and they expect something great. They really do. I mean, and and again, for us, there's there's kind of a, a, a two again two consumers that we're looking at. So we're looking at a baby boomer consumer who's again our core audience right now, and they're mm-hmm. the ones I always talk about. They're the ones who will pay our bills today. Right. 
So their experience and their their expectations are much different than when we do a millennial event or something that's a younger consumer, and the expectations are much higher. Right. So we we try to you know um, to balance that as much as we can because um, again you can for for a baby boomer you can actually kind of overload them with an experience if you and did they, they leave a, they leave kind of not feeling engaged because it's not something familiar with them that makes so it's, so it's much an interesting sense. yeah it's an interesting uh balance for sure yeah and you said earlier they're not social but i i know what you mean you, they're not on social media channels correct but yes the, the funny thing about that is they are incredibly social <laughs> oh yes yes no <laughs> and yeah they'll yeah. sit and talk your ear off like or like uh my uh, my irish uh, no my english friend said about an irish friend said oh well just be careful you know he'll talk the backlings off a donkey <laughs> <laughs> So I'm sure you get a bit of that in your you oh, know, yes. in those uh, experiences. Yeah. So, but again, that's for us is important because right, those those, right. Are, those are the types of, of interactions that change a brand for a lifetime for that person. Right. So those are really important to us. So those are the ones we cherish, even well, though they can be annoying. They're they, the ones yeah. we cherish. <laughs> they care so much <laughs> about their car that they're buying top, you know, top of the line, you know, products. And when they see that you love the brand and that you guys have been careful and that your marketing message actually matches, that's mm-hmm. the big deal, I think. I see a lot of people go out there and, you know, in a trade show type of situation and the marketing is saying one thing and they've hired somebody to run the trade show booth that is just saying the exact opposite thing. Yeah. So what's some of the horror stories that you've seen out there? Or what do you think people do wrong at trade shows that it where it just really ends up being a waste of money? Oh, gosh. <laughs> First of all, they go to them <laughs> and they well, have no that, preparation. <laughs> that That is. So uh, I'm a, I'm a bit biased because, okay. you know, with, with what we do at, on the 3M side is um, we do everything in-house, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, you had mentioned just a sentence before about people hiring people to do their events right. and they have no idea what the brand is. And so I think that's the biggest downfall of brands. Um, they don't have the capability to do an event correctly in-house until they hire an agency, um, it, which there's nothing wrong with agencies. And I, I love agencies and I think there's a lot of agencies that can do it right. But a lot of agencies don't take the time to be authentic to the brand mm-hmm. and they hire ambassadors or people to work the floor who don't know the brand well enough. Um, and to me, the, the, the key to, to an experience or to an activation is telling the story of that brand. Right. That's that is our job as 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 event professionals and people that are representing a brand and an event is is to tell the story of the brand, and that story is is very unique to every brand. You know, I have been fortunate enough with with 3M and the McGuire side. Both of our companies are over 100 years old, and we have rich rich history to tell. Um, that really gives us the the authority in in that market space. Mm-hmm. And if we were just to hire a brand ambassador to work the event. And give them a, you know, ten top questions, and it, it's kind of the same experience you have in a call center when somebody's reading the script when you answer when you ask them a question. Right. And I think that is the 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 hardest part for for brands because a lot of brands again don't have that the the capacity or the manpower to to be able to activate events on their own, and they hire the wrong agencies to do it for them, right. and they don't really take the time to assimilate them and to really dive deep into it um you know for me if i i because i do use agencies at time and we use staffing agencies to to um 
to man some of our booths. But these guys, I mean, I expect, you know, extensive training for them to really understand the brand, to really understand the product. The last thing you want to do is, and again, it goes back to that responsibility we have as, as that, that interaction with the consumer with our brand. If a consumer comes into our booth, asks a product question, and they're left without an answer, Mm-hmm. That that interaction was worthless, and you might as well not have showed up that day. It was it was worse to be there today than it was to not be there. Right, right. There are a lot of things that in marketing that are like that. I'm going to go elliptical yeah. just for a moment. You know, people come in and like uh, I, I promise I'll come back to this exact point. But a lot of people come in and say, "Hey, Priscilla, you know, we got to get sales up," and and so the salespeople tell me they need a brochure. As soon as I hear the word brochure, like every single alarm is going off. I'm like, oh, yes. you know, especially if they say tribal brochure, and then I'm like, here's the door. <laughs> right? So uh, anyway, I'm like, and I always question why? Why do you need a brochure? And they're like, well, the sales people say we need it. And I'm thinking a real a passionate dyed-in-the-wool salesperson can sell anything they don't need a brochure, right? Yep. They, so I'm always questioning them. Listen, I'm happy to take your money. I, I happen to like money a lot. Sure. And yeah. I, it's not it's not because I love to turn down work that I want to turn this work down. But you need to have a real conversation with your people about why they need this brochure. I find that so many times it's an excuse to not, it's, oh, I could just go to this place. I could leave behind this brochure and say I went there. Yes, that happens all the time. Then I see that and that people, you know, lose some money on a brochure. But then people come in and say the same thing about a trade show, but they're about ready to spend a crap ton more of money. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trade show is not a it's not a cheap date. (laughs) No, it is not. And so they're like, oh, we have to go to this trade show to get sales. And I'm like. Do we now? Could the opposite <laughs> be true? You know, and then that's the question. It was like, but are your? I'm, and I talk with them about the fact that okay, well, we can do that. We can think about something very clever before to reach the audience and try and do a pregame to get there. We can talk about what the, you know, what we're trying to accomplish while we're there. I can do all the great planning, do the branding, give you the right, you know, takeaways, create some awesome video, maybe some VR, whatever we, we you want to do at the place. What's the budget? I can do a, a lot of amazing things. No balloon arches, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could do a lot of fun stuff, but I always tell the owner, but it comes down to the people in the booth. Yep. If they are picking their nose, I can't be blamed here for, you know, the kind of interaction, the quality of interaction is something that a lot of times they will ask an agency to be like, okay, make it work. No, I'll get you prepared. You have to make it work. And I love that what you're saying with your people. It really is, it, you know, yes, you have to have an amazing show and have a good idea of what the experience is going to be, but it does not work without those people. No, so, yeah, I agree. <laughs> let me ask you this about logistics because you are, I know you're on the road all the time. We t- It seems like, you know, whenever we're talking, it's we're somewhere else. Nobody's at home. Um but with traveling so much and your team being out 75 different shows, you know, a year, that's you, sometimes on different weekends, you have multiple ones going logistically. Yep. How do you do it? What what are some tips and tricks? And then I want to w- ask a question for a small business, too. So, yeah, let's do tips and tricks. So, first. so for me, it goes back to the team, of course. And we have a, I have a great logistics team at the office. We have um, I have a team j- just stays at the office doing the logistics and making sure that everything happens. Mm-hmm. Um but it really is organization. So we we create our calendar um, going into the calendar year. I usually have a calendar, you know, pretty much solidified by December, you know, November, December of the, of the year prior. Mm-hmm. So we have a really nice idea of where we're going. Kind of, you know, we um, we manage our own our own trucks. Um, so we have to have it logistically as far as the routes and the, where city to city. It's all you know. It's all got to make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's really just communication and staying on top of things as a team. So we obviously use technology as much as we can. Um, so, you know, we, we have the Microsoft, uh, cloud suite. So we use, uh, 365 and, mm-hmm. and we all share the files and, you know, all that kind of good stuff, which, uh, is kind of common sense as far as, you know, how do, how do you make sure that everybody has the same document and right. working off that same master <laughs> calendar? Um, but, um, we really kind of, I, I kind of work at a quarter at a time and it, it, to me, it's kind of the best way to chunk it together is a quarter at a time. So it gives you plenty of time to prepare. Typically now there are a couple of events that we work on year round it's they're they're large large events and we have to really prepare all year long for them but most of the events we can kind of chunk them at making sure you're working at them you know three to four months in advance um and then really focusing on that chunk of a quarter at a time so we we have um i have weekly meetings with my uh, my immediate team i have bi-weekly meetings with my entire my entire greater team because um, my i have teams all over the country mm-hmm. um so we you know we really communicate a lot by phone um but really again is is looking at that quarter at a time making sure and we we literally go event by event and make sure that everything's put together and then we have um we have one person who puts an itinerary does everybody's travel and does all that together um, which i find is nice as well (laughs) because a lot of people will allow their teams to say uh you know let's just say we're gonna have five people going to this event and everybody says okay well you got to be here that day book your own travel and, and send it. And we don't do that. It, mm-hmm. it, it's much easier to have this one lady. She books everybody's travel. She books everybody's hotel. She creates the itinerary and it's all, you know, it's all done. Um, so they don't have to go to five people and say, Hey, did you book that flight? Right. Hey, did yeah. you book that hotel? You know? That's called brain damage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, it's you're on the road, you're on the road a lot. And so I, I know you're on your phone a lot. Do you have a uh, favorite apps or like tips and tricks about like traveling so much or what, what, what oh, are you gosh. typically doing yeah. on the plane? Well, I, I'm kind of the, uh, the up in the air guy, if you will. Um, I've given my soul to American airlines um, th- this is not a this is not a an advertisement for a American paid Airlines promotion. It should way. be because yeah. I've sold my soul out to them too. They're the only. This is yeah. so funny. You know, they're the only airlines that flies into Joplin. So, oh wow! Well, that yeah, that makes sense for you guys. Then you know, I don't know. Have, have I sold out my soul to them, or have they sold it out to us? I'm not sure. Yes, that's that's a uh, monopoly right there. Right there. But no, it, for me, it's um, yeah. I I live on my phone uh, in my iPad, so. Uh, I take advantage of all the apps. I think, of course, American Airlines app. When I'm traveling, I'm on it like five times a day looking for my upgrade. Right. Um, <laughs> but me, so I, I, I am very much the up in the air guy and I'm counting my points and I'm making sure I'm taking advantage of every point I can get. Um, so when I want to go on vacation with my wife, I can um, treat her like, a, like I have money. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so yeah, I do take you know all the, of course American Airlines app, and then I use uh, Marriott is usually where I stay, so the Marriott app. And um, I, you know, for me, when I'm on the road, though, it, well, even when I'm not on the road, I kind of live on news. I'm just kind of a news junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have Fox News, CNN, BuzzFeed, uh, Huffington Post. I have like all their apps, and I like I, I check them over and over and over, just uh, waiting for yeah. a new story. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I spend a lot of my time when I'm walking through airports, listening to NPR. And, mm-hmm. So you um, spent a lot just, of time yesterday talking about Kafefe. I Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is what we were doing yesterday. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so my wife air thinks much I'm nuts. later, like, and, and people were like, what was that? But I guarantee you, people will remember this thing. It's not going to be a blip. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, no. No, no blimp. So, oh, my gosh. Too funny. Yeah. Well, but no, for me, and it's just staying connected, you know, because, right. you know, uh, when you're gone so much, you, you just kind of need to stay connected. And um, so that's that's just the way you do. Right, you know, right. It's really well, I'm a huge Huffington Post fan, so I'm, I'm oh, yeah. on that one. So great. Okay, well, I want to ask a question about a smaller. Let's see if you, you did come from Meguiar's. You've been in it for, it's been your whole career. It was a small company. It got bought out. So you've seen the progression of it. And you also see at a lot of these events, you see smaller companies come to them, you know, starting to make their name, starting to get, you know, trying to launch a brand. So you see a lot of um, successes and you see a lot of failures out there, I'm sure, what would you say to someone who doesn't have the luxury of, you know, having a team like you have or having someone travel, you know, do their uh, travel book or do all the marketing in-house and all these amazing VR types of things that you can do? Do you have a piece of advice for a smaller outfit who wants to go to, you know, one of their industry shows and really try and make a name for themselves? What, what, what would you offer to them? So there's a couple things I would say, and and I even talk about this even with, with, with what we do because everybody has a budget. No matter how big the budget, it's never enough, right? Right. So one of the things I always say is is first of all, really look at what's important to you and your brand, and and don't try to go. Let's just say for a small business, there may be five or six trade shows or consumer shows that they want to go to, but if you do all five, you're going to do them in a really small way, right? Mm-hmm. So really pick one or two of them that make the most sense, that has the most bang for your buck, and do them right. Hmm. Go go big um, versus trying to do six of them and you've got a small booth and you've got you know very little budget to do that. If you can make even w- just a big splash at one. So that, that's for me is, is kind of really making sure that you take advantage of doing the right event uh, and doing it right. Because you don't want to – to me, again, it, it's – if you do it and you kind of half-ass it, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it just doesn't work. Fine, um, Tony. Now I got to put the explicit rating on. We might as well go for right. it now. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, I love that. You know, going. You know, being able to really concentrate. Yeah. So that, that's that's the one. That's the one key. The other key is again really finding um, your 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 message. It, it, just like any marketing. Um, trade shows are no different. Consumer shows are no different. You have to have a story or a message that you want to tell. And you really need to, to focus on that and not lose sight of the entire activation and everything you do surrounds, surrounded by over that is an overarching theme. Mm-hmm. And everything you do, everything that you're activating, every piece that you put in, you need to make sure and ask the question, does, does this tell the story? Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't tell the story, then don't do it. Because if you have five or six different stories going on within your your activation, um, you you really kind of lose sight. And and f- again, uh, you know, a lot of brands can have five or six messages, and you really, for me, you need to focus on one or two of them. Right. You can't try so. to tell the entire story. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, so as a small brand, um, that that those kind of concepts really they overlap from small to big brands. It's really making sure that you fine tooth that find find that story. Make it really um, palatable and make it very um, uh, something that people can really feel when they leave that they mm-hmm. that aha moment, if you will. Right. Um, and then, of course, nowadays everything's social, so everything you know. We always say, let's make sure we have a snappable moment oh. within the booth. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so something that people are going to, to, to leave with. Because when you go to an event, they're going to go see 50 other booths, right? <laughs> um, and there's a good chance that if they took one of your flyers, they're going to throw it in their bag and they're never going to see it again. Right. So the, the snappable moment is that, that chance you have to say, you know, they're going to throw it on their Instagram feed. They're going to put it on their Twitter account. They're going to take a picture of it and show it to their kids, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but try to have something that's a unique snappable moment so oh, they can love take it with you. That yeah. is so good. And we'll add we'll add number five, which you've already mentioned, was just like make sure that you have passionate and very educated people. Yes, well, of there. course. So yeah. I'm going to add that yeah. to yours because you gave us that advice. And I think that applies even to the smaller businesses. Typically, they are the people, you know, that, that are passionate about it, running it. But sometimes you have a personality in a small company that's like, oh my gosh, please don't put me in the in the booth. And if they oh, say yeah. that, then don't put them in the booth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. Do, do us all a favor. I know. You know, seriously. Okay, so here's yeah. my last thing. Here's a takeaway that you know people can also you know um, have about takeaways. So you do event after event. You see the crap that people give away. You see great things that people give away. You know, they put a free item. What is your take on that in terms of does it need to be exactly your brand? Should it be a sample? What What are some okay, of your yes. thoughts about that? I have I have deep feelings about this. I, <laughs> I met with an agency. <laughs> yes. I just met with an agency yesterday, actually. A new one, that of course, was pitching us. They do great things. And of course, swag came up, mm-hmm. right? Um, I am a fan of swag. I, I take swag when it's good. You know, I, I'm a fan of it when, you know, it's a, it's a cool piece of swag, but it's gotta be pretty cool for me to keep. Um, and, and of course I may be just, uh, you know, I'm a little stuck up, but I, it's gotta be really cool for me to keep anymore. Right. Um, but again, the, 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 there's another, there's another saying that I like to say is stay on brand or, you know, stay on point, stay on brand. Right. Mm-hmm. If your brand is selling for us car care products, mm-hmm. don't give them a water bottle that they're never going to use again that has nothing to do with car wax. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do with it. Give them car wax. Give them a freaking sample so they can try it. Um, <laughs> I, I had a I had a friend who worked worked in the in the energy drink um, business, and that that is as we've all known we we've all been uh, approached by a Red Bull girl. Mm-hmm who gives us a sample. That is what we're selling. Now, of course, we have a consumable item. So if you have a consumable item, it just makes no sense to me to give them anything else but a sample of your item mm-hmm. because that's what you want them to try, right? And then, and, and when they have that experience with the product, they're going to go back and buy it. Now, I have no problem with adding a piece of swag to it, giving them a keychain or whatever it is if you, you, know, you want to give them, but make sure you're giving them a sample with it. Right. Now, if you don't have a consumable item and it's that that obviously becomes a little bit more difficult and and that's where swag I think is more appropriate. But again, make sure it's relatable to the industry. You know, if if it's, you know, if you're in tech, then make sure it's something that works with what piece of technology that they have. Right. Um, and it's not a piece of paper or a pad or you know what I mean? It, it, it's got to make sense to me that the story and and one of the things I always talk about with my team is we have to be authentic to the to the industry or to the consumer we're talking to and i think all the way down to swag it has to be authentic to what you're talking about you know it can't be 
something that has nothing to do with the industry. I just heard um, this just the other day. You'll appreciate this. You can use this in one of your staff meetings. <laughs> Here's a freebie, Tony. So it was at um, it was at a an, an event, uh, a trade show about uh, about security and cyber cyber technology, cyber hacks, things like this. And one of the companies who was trying to pitch all of these people who were you know experts at um, you know, repairing, you know, you know, keeping systems safe from hacking and all this kind of stuff. And oh, ransomware it was all about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they had a booth there, but then they had, they thought, oh, it'll be really great for the trade show. We'll put charging stations for the fo- their phones, people's phones sure. yep. out yep. so that people come up and talk at a security ransom. Like pe- uh, people walked up to him and were like, <laughs> yeah. this is exactly what we tell our executives yeah, not to do. Not to Plug do. their phone in that yeah. reaches back to our server. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just this yeah. oh, disaster. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. and what was even funnier about it, this guy who was telling me about it was he was saying some of the people that were there, they were saying they were experts on security. He watched some of them actually plug their phone in. <laughs> and he's like, wait a minute, guys. You know, yeah. what? That's probably an example of somebody listening to an agency that shouldn't have. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, it sounded like a great yes. idea, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think yeah. in that sense, you know, nobody knows your brand better than you do. And, no, yeah. And, and, and yeah, that's not a hit on agencies in that, you know, agencies are going to come with great ideas, but you have to really know your brand, know your people, yep. and know your influencers. And that should be yeah. what drives you. So, well, Absolutely. that is. is so awesome. Hey, one last personal question. Are you finishing your MBA? Where are you at with that? I am. I um, So I, I, I've been at Eastern University uh, just outside of uh, Philadelphia doing a, uh, a master's of science in nonprofit management. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took a, a, a bit of a break when I had uh, our last our last baby, who's now two and a half. So it's been a bit of a break. Um, but yeah, that is that is the plan is to finish that up. And, um, you know, for me, nonprofit and 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 helping people is the real joy in life. So mm-hmm. selling car wax, selling uh, body filler, those are the things that we do to make to make dollars. Right. Um, but I, you've got to have a focus. We, we talk about it at work all the time. In fact, I was, I was meeting with a colleague in New York um, a few weeks ago and um, we were there for a trade show, but he, he was involved with a nonprofit there in town. And, and um, those are the things that kind of keep driving you, you know, right. and, and really the fun part for me and I know you enjoy the same thing, Priscilla, is being able to take your experience in the professional world, the things that you learn, the things that you've been able to be successful with, and really be able to support and and prop up a nonprofit that's doing amazing work. Right. Um, that's that's the real joy. Yeah, so, it is. Um, it totally is. You know, well, yeah, so. I'm, I'm, there's so many Tony D'Amato's out there. So if you want to connect with Tony, you're going to have to go to the show notes and connect to the right one. Who is that's the real right. go Tony go to, go to, go to <laughs> Yeah, or you can uh, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. It's a good place to find. Okay, me. well, I'll, I'm going to link your LinkedIn to my show notes Perfect. so they can get directly okay. to you there. But you can good. also check out their brand, McGuire's, and um, it's M E G U I A R S. If you have not heard of it, I don't know where you're, what hole you're living under, but <laughs> um, if you have it, you can check them out and see the brands there, and you can follow um, some of the yeah McGuire's. M- M- yeah, make sure you check out McGuire's.com or uh, 3mautocare.com. Awesome, awesome, Tony. Yeah. Thanks. This is so fun. I've had so many people ask me more about trade shows. We've only had one podcast ever about trade show giveaways. So um, definitely, as I get some other questions in, then uh, we'll just have you back. How about that? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Awesome. Well, for Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, this is Priscilla saying happy marketing.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.